Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Today we're playing hardball, and just as the title suggests, we've got a lot of balls in the air, and Josh's agent is hard. Hey, yo, you burnt. Jenna returns to our screens, unintentionally espousing anti-militarism, anti-Semitism, and an Osama bin Laden presidential ticket. Just Jenna things, am I right? <laughs> Kenneth begins an initially harmonious stint in the Tracy Jordan entourage before causing its collapse, like Tracy's dying stardom. Happens. And the central plot of the episode, resident toddler Josh battles a potentially enlarged vulva and Liz for his contract negotiation. Let's do this. And scene. I think that's the end of the episode. Great job, Nick. <laughs> what is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. Hello there, Mr. Jordan, Mr. Slattery, Mr. Griswold. I picked up your lunch from Sylvia's, extra cornbread because I know you like it. Like it? I love it. I love this cornbread so much, I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. <laughs> pregnant cornbread. Okay, you like doing stuff for me, right? How would you like to be in my entourage? Well, that sounds like fun. What would I do? Well, let's see. Darkcom does the driving and the cooking. Grizz is in charge of sitting on me when I get overstimulated. Well, I have been looking for someone to harmonize with me. Does Santa come back tomorrow? Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow. La la la, there'll be some. This is a really special day. Just thinking about. Um, we begin the episode with Jenna's return, which was very exciting for me. Julie, how are you feeling about it? Watching her grease up with salad dressing and fall off that thing made me very happy. <laughs> it made me hungry and horny in the same measure. Any episode where they're openly hating on Jenna, as you know, I'm super pleased. That's every single episode, right? And no, but in the future, isn't there another episode where... Liz does the photo shoot and she's like, don't make it funny. It's terrible if you make it funny. Yes. This is a great, you know, the fun thing about this series is it builds on itself. You it know? must. Yes. And it certainly grows on us. Um, it was hilarious. And she's there for being a funny woman. Why JK is not present. Um, both I and Fred, what's his name? The hat guy. <laughs> I have no business being part of this podcast. <laughs> Fred, the hat guy. Who's the Frank? guy that... Frank. Okay, yeah, I was fucking close. Rossitano. <laughs> the main the characters main character. in every single episode. Yeah. <laughs> Fred. His name is Fred. I'm like, Fred Armiston from SNL is on an episode of Parks and Rec, but... Not 30 Rock. Surprising. Let's dive no. deep. So, the big story of this episode is the contract negotiation. Um, have you been through a contract negotiation, and how was that process for you? <laughs> Um, I've had to beg for everything I've ever gotten. So, yeah. no. I went in and said, I'm the manager of whatever. Can I be the director? And they were like, well, we don't have any money. I was like, I really just want the title. And they're like, sounds great. Amazing. Yeah. I go into every <laughs> contract ball. negotiation, um, much like Liz Lemon's interpretation of Condoleezza Rice, where she's just like, so I um, have some thoughts that maybe we could potentially discuss. Um, the one time I asked for a raise because I thought my work warranted it, which given my performance on the podcast, assuredly it did not. <laughs> I went to the basement after 
doing my pitch and just started like silently sobbing and called my mom. <laughs> I was 28 years old. <laughs> oh, I definitely, at one point they asked me like what I wanted money wise and I told them and then they came back like $5,000 less. I literally cried. I'm like, why'd you ask me what I wanted if you're just going to lowball me? Like, yeah. We're going we're gonna to play hardball. You're going to highball me. Give me a highball. Highball right? Let's this. do this madman. Now, does your burns come in before or after this episode? I don't think so. It's very much just this episode. <laughs> it's very weird. It comes out of nowhere. I don't remember it again. Maybe we'll see during this rewatch, but you burnt. I've never seen it before. And twice. Yeah. I was satisfying. Um, the one good thing we can say about Jenna in this episode is she renders Tucker Carlson speechless, which is the best way that he exists, is not talking and burnt. This episode... Love- I'm going to say overall is very funny and there's three good storylines going on, but then there's some weird jokes that either don't land or, or I don't understand. So when Jack comes in and he's all happy and she's like, somebody's happy. You just get a root beer float. (laughs) Is that a thing? Well, I think it was meant to be like whimsical. Like you'd expect, Hey, did you just get laid help? Like big honcho. And instead she's like, did you pop on down to the 1950s soda shop with two P's and an E? Funnily enough, with you explaining it, still don't get it. <laughs> well, I think we've learned from a relationship that when I explain things, it does not make them funnier. Um, Sometimes yet, it I does. Most of the times it does. Poor Pete. Can't Hornberger ever catch a break? Jack's so excited to like uh, negotiate with somebody. And then Jack, you know, Pete comes in. He's like, I need to talk to you about something. He's like, how's noon? He's like, can't do it. How about four in the morning? You're like, what? What's happening? <laughs> I think he's like, like appreciative to get away from his family, honestly. Jenna in the aforementioned photo shoot where she cannot get a grip on reality or that little chair that she's supposed to be sitting <laughs> on, which is it's comedic talent that I did not expect Jenna to have. The physicality of it, so fun. I adore her, though, so that's just my bias, and you can put your eyes back in their fucking sockets, Julie. Oh, my God. Not only do I still love Jenna, she's more amazing than I thought she was. <laughs> that's why we're on this podcast together. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> um, yes, so unbeknownst to her in the article that she hasn't read in Maxim, Funniest Ladies of Comedy, which there isn't one I looked, there, Maxim doesn't do that. Um, yeah, she accidentally says she hates the troops. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's why. So the music is pounding like a <laughs> early 2000s homosexual <laughs> discotheque. And she's attempting to discern what he's saying. He asks about the troops. She hears theater troops and talks about how fucking terrible they are. Do you have the actual quote? It's just a bunch of gay guys that like to get in silly costumes and prance around. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, So obviously there's some blowback there. Liz has a a rough time this episode. It's uh, sort of her managerial essence. What am I trying to say? Um, I'm waiting with bated breath. I have no idea. Amazing. Well, that's just because you're into autoerotic asphyxiation, just like Josh's uh, agent. She, um, a sex addict. He just said he was a sex addict. He didn't say anything about that. Did I take it farther? You no. did. I painted a whole As narrative. Always. It was uh Can we just visual. give him props that he was a really good crab? He moved very quickly from sex <laughs> I think it's important for the viewers to note that Julie and Emma have recently come off the Octopus Experience. What was that show called or that movie? 
my octopus teacher. So we're very into the aquatic life. As that crab block as- was hilarious. There's just no question <laughs> about it. That guy was a douche. I could not stand him, but I was like, oh, good crab. That was good. Hardball. <laughs> good crabbing. At some point, Tracy is talking about the Nigerian prince and how they finally got their money and came in today. You're just like, what is happening in Tracy Jordan's life? Now, here's my question. Are Grizz and .com the best friends a person ever had or total enablers who have just created this giant man-sized baby? Both. (laughs) Thank you. That is my answer. (laughs) I mean, they've been together. I mean, at some point, Tracy Jordan references, like, I've known them both since they were under seven feet tall. So their relationship, I think, extends (laughs) to their whole life. So they didn't just adopt an already crazy Tracy. They grew up with him. Presumably, I'm making up my own lore here, but whatever. I feel like this entire episode was three main plot structures, and then what's something that you would usually think, and then we're going to do the opposite. And that's how they colored their jokes, with the root beer float, and then the Nigerian prince that randomly works out. And then what can we... What's something that's missing in the entourage? Oh, somebody to harmonize with Tracy. I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm-mm. But then once you hear it, you're sold. <laughs> I mean, It's a true story. It's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> I do like when Jack refers decides that he's going to make Liz be a part of the negotiations and she's like, Oh, please don't make me do it. <laughs> what do you think of, uh, in, in another sort of unspoken aside moment, Liz is, uh, doing some exercises in the office. What is that? The tricep pullover with the bar? <laughs> what is that? Um, it's her exercise and she's committed towards fitness. And I agree. I did a push up last year. I did a sit up too. Where's my Later on in the series, her unworn wedding dress is flanking the treadmill in her apartment. It's a beautiful relationship we have. She has with exercise, and I say we subconsciously and Freudianly because I have the same relationship with exercise. Since you're the closest to being a woman, eighteen to twenty-four of the three of us, <laughs> would you purchase glasses that got lighter as your iPod's charge went down? Yeah, I think we know that I have no control over money. I don't understand the worth of it. I spend it frivolously, and I am serene in that situation, just with less great skin. So you would purchase glasses that lightened in color? So that's At 3 a.m., after a couple white cloths, what won't I purchase, Julie? <laughs> we once all went to um, a gala. It was the Caracol Under the Sea. I spent $250 on my costume, and I wore essentially nothing but glitter. That is a true story. <laughs> so, yeah, I have no control over my spending. I see that. Yeah. You have lost your mind. I've also lost my marbles, um, but Jack's never going to lose his marbles <laughs> because he's going to grab them all. And that may not That's be not hard. how you play marbles. But that's Nick. how you keep marbles, all right? <laughs> <laughs> then we switch over to Kenneth and Tracy, who's made all this money, got it back because the Nigerian prince has been set free. And now they're going to add someone to their entourage, but it sounds like everyone's taken working for Jay-Z or Ghostface Killer. I do love how often Ghostface Killer comes up in this show thus far. Well, a line that is actually funny um, oh. that's repeated throughout the episode is, I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. That just cracks me up. It makes me laugh every time. I do not know why. Well, thank God. You You're should be in the entourage. Audience. I was like, because Kenneth sure did it. <laughs> no, Kenneth got sick of it way faster than anyone else in the world, honestly. He's like, why are you guys still laughing at that? He said that earlier. You're like, so this is also a foreshadowing to the bubble when John Hamm 
is a guest star, right? Mm -hmm. Tracy Jordan's living in his bubble where he's awesome at Halo, where he knows how to spend money, where he is breaking through the crowd to save Grizz and .com. So they decide that Kenneth is going to harmonize with him, which they actually do a great job. It's kind of adorable, as Emma said. Yeah, When you put Annie into anything, automatically it's exceptional. Well, Rachel Dratch is back. Oh, no. To call them the Holly Weirdos from La La Land, like Jenna Moranoni. <laughs> it's, I know, it's like RuPaul meets Ann Coulter with the puns <laughs> and the pure hatred for everything. Beginning of cancel culture, she's looking for a boycott of NBC, General Electric, and their parent, parent company, Shineheart Wig Company. Does Hardball still exist, the show? No, I, I, so. I, I have no idea, honestly. I know Tucker Carlson <laughs> still exists, which is unfortunate. I'm so sorry. anyway, they tell Jenna she's going to go on hardball with Chris Matthews and Tucker Carlson. And they say, do you, does she know what that, you know what that is? Don't you? And she goes, yes. Should I prepare a song? <laughs> and Jack says, I'm really excited to negotiate your contract. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's just so fun, their relationship and how it evolves. But, uh, but better than that, Chris Matthews is like, first of all, I don't even know if you should be on here. You sang for 10 minutes some song called Muffin Top. She's like, thank you. <laughs> She's like fully sincere and totally wrong. That I do enjoy. Oh, what? No response? <laughs> you burnt. <laughs> and then Josh is sitting there with his phone taking a picture of his quote unquote vulva. <laughs> Does my Volvo look swollen? I relate a lot um, that to That is Josh a uvula, Josh. In a lot of ways. First of all, my very weird medical knowledge that is never quite correct, and our facial features in general. That's but where Liz we Lemon is having a conflict because she's thinking of Josh as her friend, and Jack is like, no, he's an employee. You two are related and work together. How does that work <laughs> out? Emma, do you think of Nick first as an employee or your brother? Employee, probably. <laughs> it's the safest way to do. Um, I will say from my perspective, Emma has handled the relationship perfectly. I don't know if you know this, but I'm not an easy person. And I have to imagine, much like Kelly Kapoor, I'm not an easy person to manage. But it's basically, it is easy when you have a sister that is literally as perfect as Emma. There's no way you could be like, oh, well, she's doing this from a vindictive perspective. It's just like, oh, yeah, she's right. And I need to cool it. So we've always been, and we were always pretty far apart up until recently within the company because I started on the very low end of the totem pole um, and she's always been upper head honcho. So I think we were able to grow into that relationship more naturally from my perspective. Emma's probably mm -hmm. just like every day of my life has been absolute hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree. I think we grew into it. I definitely... I feel like I have all of my like management triggers that I utilize for like, those are my tools, I guess, triggers, my management <laughs> tools that I reach for first. And then I'm like, oh no, how do I show compassion? Or like, what do I just call to like check in? <laughs> she has this little flow chart of emotions and she's just like, you look sad. <laughs> it's like, I'm so exhausted after I've done managing. I mean, everyone, not, not just Nick, but. Uh, it's hard to remember to like take care of other relationships. I do think it would be a game changer though. If you spoke like Alan does, I absolutely hate people who shorten words for no apparent reason. <laughs> oh my God. I do I'd like too. to speak Nick to you. I do that all the time. I like literally in my reports, I'll be like, so we didn't make as much money this period, unfortunately, but we're VV excited Ugh. about <laughs> future perspectives. We're soups in the game. 
<laughs> soups is a different story and V is just something you do. But when you're saying something like, we've got some serious trubs, my friend, we are not smiles times. I'm like, shut up. What's your sketch, manana? I'm like, uh, punch him in the penis and move on. See, I also do that with um, Spanish phrases when I'm like, for some reason, it feels like an attack to be like, um, you know, pardon me when I'm walking around. So I'll say, perdóname. Well, I, I've noticed you say V, but not any of those other things. I don't, I mean, if I you do- say negosh or uh, sketch. No, I think trubs. Un- unforged is my most commonly used one in text. Yeah, we're back with Kenneth and Tracy, and he's asking You're like, what? I don't want to hear your thoughts on this anymore. We're going to segue. I, right, so what if I came to you and said our schedule for today is we're playing Halo? You'd be like, yes. Yeah, I bro. love Halo. I love it so much. I want to take it out behind the middle school and get it pregnant. <laughs> Did you ever play See, Halo? Emma laughed. Yeah, okay. So then they, Kenneth is like, you guys, why are you laughing at that so hard? He said this earlier. And uh, Tracy's like, no, I didn't. I like to keep my material fresh. Now, he's pretty young to not have remembered the same joke he made earlier today, right? I mean, I don't know. He likes to keep his materials fresh. (laughs) So then they're playing Halo and Kenneth kills Mr. Jordan, which I guess has never, ever happened before. He's like, I bet all the world's best players, Grizz.com, my publicist, my stylist. He's got a very sycophantic circle and um, they're fine with him, you know, just consistently going behind the dumpster to get someone pregnant. So then he turns into what John Hamm turns into later. You're cheating and I don't want to play no more. I hate this. Grizz, I think it's best you come and sit on me. Do you think that would be helpful for you when you're having like an anxiety attack? Um, I I did appreciate. When I mean, was I like, have a weighted blanket. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, a weighted blanket or a weighted person both seem amazing. Um, and I think Julie and I have been discussing getting a dog, which we'll continue to for the next two to eight years. And I just I would like a big dog that can sit on me and just be like, stop it. They do have really good service dogs for that who can like sniff out your PTSD and they're really cute. What if it, what if, not that I have PTSD, but what if it just sniffs out so much it goes into catatonic shock (laughs) and the dog is just never the same. (laughs) Takes one whiff of me and it's like, too much. Can't do it. No can do. There's also a terrible Netflix documentary about dogs being trained to be seeing eye dogs. Most of them do not make it. Do they kill them? Yes, right in front of you on the TV. <laughs> they skin them and the blind people get them as backpacks. No, right. they, they do no, not. No. They a are released no for sufficed. regular adoption. <laughs> okay, well, that seems like a fine story. You know, not every dog wants to work. I certainly don't. But they did. They trained so hard. And they They failed. trained so hard. That just sounds like something that, you know, we and Sharon Stone shouldn't worry about. Good, you're here. Josh and his agent are on their way up. Haha, <laughs> yeah. Then they're gonna be on their way down. Um, you know, that was weak, but you're in the mix. You're having fun. I like that. Gentlemen, make yourselves comfortable. What are all these headshots for? Nothing. Just some meetings we're taking. Meetings? And if. Look, Jack, I think I should tell you, Josh has an offer from The Daily Show. Yes, Liz mentioned that. I don't think that's going to pan out. What? Are you kidding? What happened? What'd you do to our offer? I called my friend Saul Scheinhardt at our parent company, Scheinhardt Wigs, who called his nephew Morty Scheinhardt, who called his son, John Stewart. Ah, hi, you burnt. Let's get down to brass tacks. Josh can stay. Thank God. But no rays, no movies, and only one Jewish holiday. What's the one where they go into the tent? Sukkot. That's the one. You got a deal? 
Deal. Thank you. I need this money. I have a really bad sex addiction. Sorry. That's it? I thought you said we could crush him. What are you talking about? I took away everything. That's crushing. No, do more stuff. You made me look like an idiot. You have to pay. Liz, he's not getting a raise. Do the worm. Do the worm. Good lord, the worm. It's so degrading. Are its oranges German? Uh, now say five reasons I'm better than you. Smarter than me. One. You can beat me in arm wrestling. Two. Uh, you read the paper. Yeah, suck it. I do read the paper. Do you want me to do anything? Be a crab. crab. Fight the worm. <laughs> Liz, you took this like a natural more than I ever. Okay, now the crab is getting aroused. Shut it down. Shut it down. So we go back to the negoche, right? After yes, because well, we're, we're prepping for hardball. Um, and it may seem like we're going back and forth, but so does the episode. So keep up, people. Ew, let's skip the foreplay and get right to the penetration. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no. I wish I wish he'd been humiliated more than just a crab that he could have pulled off very well. <laughs> um, Julie, I did forget to ask. Um, with Yasnacht coming up, do you have any big plans? <laughs> so Yasnacht is not real. I yeah. can't find it. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. What? <laughs> Yaznak? It's a place in Belarus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the notably Jewish country, Belarus. I'm just saying it is in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. We're scraping in for this call. The matrix has come to life. So Josh wants a 15% raise and a two-picture deal and every Jewish holiday off, no matter how silly they sound. Hate crime. <laughs> anti-Semitism running rampant. Seriously, so. Um, Jack obviously proposes a very reasonable counteroffer. One dollar. Oh, wait a minute. We forgot to set the stage, though. He's put new negotiating set of furniture in his office, so he's got two big giant chairs for he and Liz and two short, kind of floppy, uncomfortable-looking small chairs for Alan and Josh, which is great. Love that. The, the negotiation set. And then after everything devolves, Jack whispers to Liz, I knew you weren't ready for a big chair. <laughs> As if this <laughs> is like super business 101. It's like there are big chairs and there are little chairs and we're big chairs. You got to act like a big boy. Get on your big chair. They found photos of Josh frolicking <laughs> with Lance Bass at SeaWorld. We were like, just being silly. We were just being silly. Oh my God, that silly. is a funny line. That's a funny line. Um, which is how my homosexual experience as well. I was like, we were just kidding around. <laughs> we were just like being silly. And then, you know, somehow we got to the penetration. I don't know. Just got there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you already jumped ahead to the end where it says we are. We knew you weren't ready for a big chair. What? <laughs> because she told Je Josh that he tested really well with the younger women and they have the upper hand a little bit. He's like, where'd you get that information? They're like, from Liz. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. It reminds me of the, uh, I'm watching a lot of Will and Grace full transparency and it reminds me of the face that Grace always pulls where she's just like, oh. 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 <laughs> Grace and .com are talking to Kenneth and they say, we need to talk, man. He's like, oh, I've had this conversation before. You're marrying my mom, aren't you? <laughs> so they're basically laying down the law that everybody needs to suck up to Tracy constantly. Don't tell him the truth about anything. Let him win at Halo. Later on, when he just yells, pants, 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 everybody will look around and see if they can find him. <laughs> they are yes men. Yes, they are. Yes man, yes God. Um, Tracy, out of nowhere, learns and applies the transitive property when he sees... <laughs> 
is quite impressive. When he sees that um, Grizz beat Kenneth, who beat Tracy, which means that Grizz is better than Tracy as well. And everyone's been lying to him and treating him like a child. And he then acts like a very mature adult and says, Entourage, disbanded. What is the world's only egg-laying mammal? The, uh, the platypus. Correct. Or the echnida. E-C-H-I-D-N-A. Another marsupial. Or, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I mean, we, there's so much about the we Easter Bunny that science has yet to <laughs> explore. Entourage disbanded. He gets all pissed that everybody's kissing his ass, so... Mm-mm. Off they go. <laughs> They've been disbanded when they're when he's trying to dunk the basketball and they show them lifting him up there, <laughs> and then he's doing it by himself and he's like, "I feel like I'm I'm right above the rim." <laughs> no, no, you're not. Oh, there's the Chris Matthews line. You sang six bars of something called Muffin Top. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, and then, then told a disgusting, disgusting story about, about Fleet Week. What better way to support the troops than allow them to have a little penetration, you know? Oh, no comeback? You burnt. I do appreciate <laughs> that we get a little insight into the many accolades of Jenna Mulroney, um, a former Cable Ace Award nominee, and <laughs> a star in role in an Arliss. <laughs> she was really good on that episode. I was way. really great in that Arliss, all right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, of course, is like, we got a lot of situations to handle, but... She's got it. She's written an op-ed piece for the New York Times under Jenna's name in which she puts the media on trial. (laughs) He's like, we got an idea. We're going to take Jenna, put some flags behind her, have her sing a song that rhymes with the USA with Make Them Pay. (laughs) Dress her in an eagle costume and we're going to call it Salute the Troops. Love it. Perfect. That's all you need. It was very reminiscent of the Tennis Night in America too. Uh, where Jenna was just having like classic Americana moments that were absolute failures. Now we're moving on to the negotiation with Josh. Part D. He had him right where he wanted him until my partner stabbed me in the back. And I was just trying to get my friend, blah, blah, blah. We forego normal chairs. Now there are no chairs. And Well, Liz first he's like, having a sick out. First he's called in sick for the day. You're right. So that's when she goes to, I'm guessing, the NBC commissary and sees him there with a the guy from The Daily Show. And she's like, you fucking turd. <laughs> Who the hell calls in sick and then comes to work? He's like, I get, I get a discount here. I got to say, I never guy. missed Josh being gone. And I internet researched where he went or why he got fired. And no one knew nor cared. So <laughs> I think it, they do this to a lot of the characters on the show where they just sort of phase out. Like Cheyenne Jackson will appear later. And he's a strong character for like three episodes. And then he's just kind of there and around. Did you read his harrowing story about the psychological I did trauma? About his hair? Yes. Yes. The psychological trauma and physical pain that he had to undergo or felt he had to undergo to retain his hair. I love him. And the episode where he starts singing and Jenna has a rage stroke <laughs> and her nose is bleeding is one of my favorites of all times. <laughs> so good. So Anyways, we go back to Jizz. We go back to Jizz, which is what I'm calling Jack and Liz. Uh, we'll see if it sticks. <laughs> Gross. So many layers. And um, Jack admonishes Liz for, first of all, betraying him and telling <laughs> telling Josh about his testing. And in a lovely twist on the Charisma Carpenter line from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the first season of that exceptional show where she asks, what is your childhood trauma? Jack asks, 
What happened in your childhood to make you believe that people are good? <laughs> I mean, it is a lovely little philosophical discussion where like Liz is John Locke and uh, Jack is Hume and they're arguing about the true nature of humanity. I went to college once. <laughs> For six years. <laughs> For six years. Uh, I took three classes. I passed one. <laughs> um, but then I just ended up like Liz with a bunch of emails from Match.com. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, no, 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 look at that. <laughs> you think she was looking at her Match.com emails while working on her triceps? <laughs> you got to get fit for the date, you know? You got to be fast. You, you got to be bold. You got to be wise. You got to be hot. At one point, I, like, made so many mixtapes with that on that that one of my friends was like, yeah, could you not put that You Gotta Be song on there? Like, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> When Tracy asked Kenneth to tell him the truth, and I love it, he's like, he's like, well, if that's the case, then you should know you're never going to dunk that this basketball. Also, that Oscar you have is made of chocolate, and that lady you European kissed last night was actually a gentleman. He's like, okay, enough. <laughs> I want to go back to the bubble. <laughs> I don't like totally. <laughs> well, and then here comes Rachel Dratch to be the fascist. Are you interested in taking your country back? Am back I? from what? <laughs> Join us here tomorrow for a, pro a protest against the freedom-hating Jenna Maroney and TGS. There will be snacks. I mean, there will be snacks. So Liz could will definitely there. be there. Yeah. She says she will, but I, d I definitely could be there. For snacks? Yeah. <laughs> snacks are amazing. So then we're back at the commissary. She catches Josh in the meeting with the Daily Show people. And he's like, it's just business. And she's like, how could you betray me like this? You know, that's not even the worst part. The worst part is that you proved Jack Donaghy right. She's like physically <laughs> assaulting him, which is not very professional or business-like. No, but she really had some astute commentary that was quite cutting early on when she said, Josh, you stupid turd. That just... <laughs> and then she says to the... <laughs> that's all I ask. I'm a big fan of your show. And then she tells Jack, I want you to crush Josh. I want you to crush him. To which Jack <laughs> looks like a proud little papa bear. So then Josh and his agent are on their way up. And Liz says, yeah, then they're going to be on their way down. Jack's like, um, that was weak, but you're in with the mix. <laughs> you're having, having fun. fun. I like that. Yeah. Good energy. Way to keep it up. All right. Heads in the game. Let's do this. Make yourselves comfortable, but now there are no chairs for them at all of any kind, which is a real power move. Yeah. Well, it does force them to stand, which gives them like the upper hand as far as eye level, right? I know, but, but they're, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't have the big chairs. Then all the headshots are on the table to make him nervous. And then Jack says, I think I should tell you. All right. So they say, look, Jack, he has an offer from The Daily Show. Liz mentioned that. I don't think it's going to pan out. He's like, what are you kidding? What happened? What did you do to our offer? I called my friend, Saul Scheinhardt, at our parent company, Scheinhardt Wigs, who called his nephew, Morty Scheinhardt, who called his son, John Stewart. But John Stewart's real last name is Leibowitz. Um, Possibly related to Fran. Who knows? So Jack gets him down to an embarrassing offer, feels like he fully, you know, just like shits on him, essentially, with no rays, no movies, and only one Jewish holiday. Um, Sukkoth. Is that real? Sukkot. Sukkot, yes. Sukkot, okay. But you don't pronounce the T, the H. I'm sorry. Say it again. It's where they go in the tent. Sukkot. Okay. That's better. Um, but it is like a, not a major, like, well-known... Jewish holiday. You know, there's Hanukkah, Yom Kippur, maybe Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, Happy New Year, by the way. I did not atone. I'm burning in hell. So here we go. 
No. And then they said, great, I'm glad we got a deal. I need this money. You're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, I have a really bad sex addiction. <laughs> <laughs> to which Jack is like legitimately sympathetic and it's like, sorry, man. He does. Sorry, man. Puts his hand on his shoulder. And Liz is understandably disappointed that this has not been any fun at all. And Josh doesn't seem to be humiliated or sad or anything. <laughs> so to compensate, she has Josh to the worm, one of the most embarrassing movements that any human can perform. Even Jack is like, that's so degrading. Are its origins German? <laughs> well known for shame and, you know, another word that I can't think of. And then, and then even better. Now say five reasons I'm better than you. So why don't you do that for me? <laughs> do you want me to be Liz? Or do you want me to be Josh? What do you think? <laughs> All right. Start it off. List them. No, you're going to name five ways that I am better than you. Doesn't Liz go like one? Okay. Yeah. Let's try it. Roll back. There we go. All right. Now you have to name five reasons I'm better than you. One. You can beat me at arm wrestling. Two. Uh, you read the paper. That's right. I do read. Suck it. I do read the paper. <laughs> and then Alan's just like super eager to be part of this. And it's like, do you want me to do anything? Like, what can I do? What can I want to be part of this? Be a crab. And he's a great crab, as we said before. He darts back and forth and back and forth. Then she says, fight the worm. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is thoroughly impressed. Um, and Alan is thoroughly aroused. And they have to shut it down. Which is a really common phrase on this show. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. Your burnt doesn't list on all of them. But God, for this episode, nah. it is... Numero uno. So then we sh come on to Jenna, who's singing on the set, looking like a Stepford wife and with her blonde hair. I've had that song stuck in my head all day. Sing it. Small town, warm fatigues, big dreams and little leagues, gigantic star-spangled fireworks light up the night. <laughs> God damn, is that our national anthem? It should be. <laughs> and then Pete says... You know, you actually did a good job on this. Why do you say it's no prize? I love America. She breaks the fourth wall. Just because I think gay dudes should be allowed to adopt kids and we should all have hybrid cars doesn't mean I don't love America. Keep singing, Jenna, go. I said America. I said America. And then the pinwheels start going off, but the pinwheels are not going off. And when you light up a pinwheel and it's not spinning, what happens? Swastika. Swastikas. <laughs> Sorry, did you want to beat me to that? <laughs> I'm the Jewish person. I get to say swastika. That's fair. I mean, how many like terrible fireworks disasters can they have on this show? Because remember when they later on have a fireworks display? I don't remember that, Julie. I've never watched the show in my life. Of course I remember that. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Why do you think we're here? Watching totally godless suckers. Or Satanist. Or Satanist. Oh, it's even better. <laughs> and then they're stuck out there. Well, Jenna comes out and gets hit with something in the face, which is magic, and then she goes back in. <laughs> and then Tracy and Kenneth come out, and there's a huge crowd forming, and Tracy's like, Kenneth, you got to get out You got to get me out of here. And Kenneth's like, please form a line. Excuse me. <laughs> and then out of the sea of people come Grizzin.com to scoop Tracy up like a baby. And I will always love you. <laughs> it's a no have you from ever seen me, the bodyguard? <laughs> yeah, I have. Not quite like that, though. <laughs> They're reunited. It's sweet. He loves them. He loves them so much that he's going to what? Take them behind the middle school and get them pregnant. Yeah, but you're missing the whole twist around when they're like, wow, Trave, you really saved us from that crowd. I'm. You want me to volley or do you want to just like smash <sighs> me in the face with the ball, Julie? Perhaps. Maybe I want to take you behind the middle school and get you pregnant. <laughs> 
That's a winner. So this episode was submitted for Jenna's supporting actress and uh, Jack McBrayer. And then it did win the Emmy for best original show or whatever for their sitcom for this one. And Which I would not show. have nominated this. I would have picked one of the other ones that we liked so much better. Yeah. How many gemstones would you give it? I mean, because I lost my notes on the C word and I had to watch it like six times, it's now probably my favorite episode. <laughs> um, and I originally hated it. This one I watched like three times. I don't love it. I mean, you burnt is great. Um, middle school. I do say to people on a semi-regular basis, try not to get anybody pregnant, which I'm guessing I stole from here. Um, let's You're do guessing? it in the chat, shall we? <laughs> okay. So that we don't have any secrets revealed. How many gemstones for hardball? <gasps> 91. Wow, 76 wow. for Julie. I would say this is my least favorite episode so far. Really? I enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I thought it was a good one. I gave it 91. Julie gave it 76. Emma's in the middle with 85. Yeah, 76 is probably low. <laughs> I love Jenna. I fucking love Jenna. I don't know if you know this, but I adore her. And... All right, calm down. So my question is, is there anything that happened in this episode that I will go back and watch like I will the John Hamm being in a bubble episode? No. The answer for me is no. For me, it's yes. There's nothing. What are you going to watch? I'm going to watch the negotiation. The negosh, if you will. Over and over and over again. I love it. I just love it. I mean, the crab guy is running back and forth in my head, so I don't have to watch it. But the other negotiation that comes up later when Jack and Liz negotiate against each other, that I will watch a thousand times. (laughs) This one was not magical for me, but still a great show. Emma, I watched it three times. I thought it was great. <laughs> Emma, will you? Re- are there moments where you're like, I want to go back and visit what happened? Probably mostly just the worm and the crab fighting. Um. So, fun. <laughs> so fucking fun. You know who else loves this episode? Tina Fey, who names this her favorite script, written by Matt Hubbard. Yeah, how many scripts did Matt Hubbard write? Because maybe he wrote two, and this is the <laughs> the one she liked better of the both. Um, he wrote four. I mean, if you're going to bring in data, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to fact check that data. (laughs) No, he wrote 15 episodes. Can you prove that? No. He wrote 17 episodes. He wrote in 17 episodes. Did Did your number just change dramatically? Not dramatically, but I think one was a lie and one was the truth. (laughs) 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 So it's more impressive how close they were. (laughs) So true. One was completely made up and one might be true. <laughs> he wrote the rural juror and she likes this better than that. Rural Come, she, he writes Milf I Island. Come on. That is one of my favorite juror. episodes ever. I was right once more. Rural juror. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank.